I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. Broncos done in the books. Moving on to today's topic, the Canberra Raiders, who, in all honesty, could be anything come 2022. It's very hard to place them, very hard to sort of do any kind of analysis on them. It's nowhere near as in detail as the Broncos, who are a side on the rise. Uh, off the bat, I've basically got the Raiders very similar to where they were last year. I feel like they've made a couple of okay off-season signings, some that I probably wouldn't have made. I don't feel it strengthens the side uh, a whole lot, but we'll, we'll touch on that on today's episode. Uh, you're listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I am your host, CSC Whisperer, joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Brew. Mate, between now and Monday, how you been? Yeah, not too bad. Um, my work schedule's changed this week, so we're recording a lot earlier than we normally would. My body clock's a bit out of whack. I'm used to being a very early morning starter, and I'm uh, doing afternoon shift this week because of Australia Day. Um, happy Australia Day to everyone out there. Uh, yeah, Canberra Raiders... I'm, I'm going to say that this is probably the hardest 17 to pick. I really struggled here. There's a few asterisks I've got on my spreadsheet here because it could go either way. So it's going to be an interesting chat. Yeah, when we jump into the 17s, I haven't looked at yours. You haven't looked at mine. We could be different. He's hoping we are. We have something to discuss. Um, but on the surface of things, the Raiders, look, they went to 10 and 14 last year. They finished in 10th. Uh, they actually weren't too bad away from home. They went 6 and 6 away from home, so a perfect 500. Uh, at home is where they struggled, only winning four games, losing eight. Uh, they were competitive, though, overall on the whole season. They scored 481 points, which ranked them 10th, so they averaged about 20 points a game. Defensively, they conceded 578. They ranked 9th, uh, which is 24 points a game. So a four-point differential, basically, on averages for the season. So uh, definitely there or thereabouts. They probably lost some games they should have. They've won some games they maybe shouldn't have. Uh, that's kind of the story for these sides that are anywhere from 8th to 12th, similar to where we see the Broncos being this year, as we touched on uh, on Monday. So, look, the Raiders, they're, they're a hard one. They're draw to start the season. The Sharks at home, the Cowboys away, the Titans at home, Manly away and Melbourne at home. So out of that first five, I could see them maybe giving the Sharks a bit of a run. Uh, the Sharks maybe not gelled fully come round one with some off-season signings. It might take them a little bit to hit the ground running. Uh, the Cowboys, you'd think they get the job done against the Cowboys. The Titans, probably got the, the Titans coming out on there, and then Manly and Melbourne uh, have got those two winning against the Raiders. So I guess if we're being optimistic, there may be two and three out of the first five rounds, beating the Sharks and the Cowboys, but I guess that'll depend on how the Sharks come out uh, with their, their their new side, and especially the same with the Titans as well. They've got a new spine, so uh, a few, few good games to watch there if you're a uh, Raiders fan. They finished 10th last year, mate. I've got them bang average in 10th again this year? Uh, I've got them in 11th. I've got them either starting a Norton 5 or a 1 and one and 4. I don't see them winning. I don't think they'll beat the Sharks. I won't be tipping them against the Sharks. 
probably the Cowboys, you would assume. Is that game home or away? No, it's up in North Queensland. So I guess so yeah, that, yeah. Could, could be, could be I would could five. Yeah. So for me, I've, I think eventually they'll find their feet, um, but they've got a lot of new combinations uh, there. I've got pretty much their entire spine different this year. So I think it might take time for them to um, get gelling, get things together. Very solid forward pack. Uh, no, Oh, maybe one or two big names and then a, a lot of solid, strong bodies. So I think they, they'll muscle up well. Uh, just not sure about how the back line will flow to start the season. Yeah, look, when it, when it comes to our round one sides, I've named the side that I think will get named, not the side that I want to get named. The side that I want to get named is very different to what I think will actually get named. But they've had a few ins. They've had a lot of outs. They've gained Jamal Fogarty from the Gold Coast Titans. They've gained Peter Holler from the Cowboys. Uh, they've gained Adam Elliott and Nick Cottridge, both in the Bulldogs as well. When it comes to the losses column, George Williams, we know he's gone to Warrington. Uh, Ryan James off to Brisbane, as we touched on uh, previous episode. Uh, Havili off to the Rabbitohs. Caleb Aikens off to the UK. Bailey Simonson off to Parramatta. C.S. Oliola is retired. And Curtis Scott, Denamis Louis, and Darby Medlin have all been released. Another key thing to note, Josh Hodson also going to Parramatta in 2023. So... Similar to the Jermaine Asako thing, that could play a role in how they use him this year. Uh, come round one, I don't really think it's changing a whole lot, but same thing as the Broncos, mate. The gains with Fogarty, Holler, Elliott, and Cottridge, you excited by any four of those? I'm excited by Adam Elliott coming to the club. Uh, I've actually got him as probably the biggest asset if he's named where I believe he'll be named. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he's on the bench, then that would change things. I quite like the pickup of Fogarty myself. I know you don't love it. Uh, I think he'll go quite well down there. Uh, the others, um, you know, Kotrick's... Well, he's a former he's a former Origin player, so he's a good player. Um, but have we already seen the best of him? We don't know. Yeah. When it comes to the losses, there's not many that stick out to me here. Uh, they're, they're pretty. The Raiders are pretty stacked at wings. So, Bailey Simonson leaving is no skin off my nose. Ryan James, I guess, yeah. just for the experience and... They did look a different side with George Williams in the, in the side. Um, so hopefully Fogarty can provide that bit of control that maybe Sam Williams didn't do. Uh, look, I think Fogarty will have a good season. I just thought that you could have probably spent the money elsewhere uh, until I know what Fogarty's on. It's hard to really comment, but you can't fault any of the recruitment. No huge names, um, but they haven't done any terrible business, in my opinion. I really like Adam Elliott. And if Nick Cottridge can find, I guess, yeah, how... How he was playing at the Raiders a couple of years ago, he could be anything. Um, injuries and suspensions, the Raiders are clear. Uh, so they get to name their best 17 come round one. Uh, all things, fingers crossed with trials. We don't want to see players get injured. So at the moment, no injuries, no suspensions. They should be good for round one. Coming into round one, uh, we'll go over the over the back line, mate. Charles Zickel Klukstar at fullback. There's been a bit of talk about Xavier Savage playing there and Charles moving into the centres. I just can't see it. Charles, look, didn't play good footy last year, but was injured uh, for a large part of it. Go back to 2020 and 2019. He was one of their best players. And I really don't see a, a young rookie, Xavier Savage, coming in and taking the fullback jersey off chance straight away. Uh, so we'll start with these two players. I've got an asterisk both, uh, next to both of these players. where they, uh, What they do here basically determines a lot of the back line. So I listed chance at one and I got Savage on the wing in two. Um I personally think Savage is going to be picked at fullback and Klockstad's probably going to move to the centre, which will shuffle my lineup. But for now, common sense says that they would start the season, I think, with Klockstad still in the one. Uh, and I think Savage will start on the wing. 
I think shortly after it will change. Savage will move to fullback and Klockstad will end up in the centres is my... I don't even have Savage in my 17, so interesting. Uh, on the wings, I have Nick Cottridge and Jordan Rapiner. I just don't see why they bring Cottridge back on a Ricky Stewart's boys without playing him. Um, I think Xavier Savage just, just sits the sits the pine and, and waits for his turn. I'd love for him to get named on the wing because with these new rule changes, if he plays a certain amount of games on the wing, they'll change his position to come around six, so we'll be able to get him uh, at centre wing eligibility despite only being fullback only right now. Um, but yeah, I've got Charms at one, Cottridge at two, Rapiner at three. No Savage in my side. Uh, I've got Seb Chris in one of the center spots. And this is basically what I was alluding to when I said that I think this side will be picked. I don't want this side to be picked, but I've got Jared Croker in the other center spot. His time is coming up very, very shortly. It's Matt Tomoko's time to shine. Uh, or even if they move Charms to the centers and play Savage at fullback. But Jared Croker, he's been a wonderful servant for the Raiders, been a wonderful servant for the NRL. But the time is coming now where surely we've got to think about moving him on. He's not in my 17. Yeah. I, I, so he's he's my I, bigger mission. As much um, as I'd love to see that, I just don't see Ricky Stewart dropping him. And that's the thing. Like this side is the one that I think will be named, not the one that I want to be. If I, if I was picking my want 17, Croker's not there. I just don't see Ricky dropping him round one. Look, I think the writing was on the wall last season. Whether or not he does it, I'm not sure. But it's it's Ricky Stewart. Like we know what he's done with the forwards. Why would he not start doing it with the backs if they're not performing? That's why I think there might be a bit of a shake up. Um, I have chance at fullback, as I said, to start the season with Savage on the wing. I've then got Nick Kotrick and Matt Tomoko in the centres, and obviously Rapana on the other wing. He's pretty locked in there for me. But I think down the road, what you'll find is is that Kotrick will move to the wing. Chance will go into the center slot and Savage will play fullback. And I, I would think by rounds, probably five or six, that's going to be the back seven because obviously White and Fogarty speak for themselves. But that's why I said I've got a completely new spine happening here, basically. Yeah, and you've gone Tomoko over Seb Chris. I, I like that. I like Tomoko. I, I, just, I have. I, I think just think Ricky. Last year. I just think Ricky picks Seb Chris. That's my only thing. And that's the same thing. If I was picking my, my 17, I'd put Tomoko there. I'm just trying to understand what Ricky's doing, but then again, no one understands what's, what, what what Ricky's doing. So it's, that's why it's this hard. this was hard. Yeah, it's this tough. was very hard. Like straight off the bat, our back fives are completely different, and I have a feeling our front row and second rows might be quite different too. So who knows? It's a, I think the Raiders is the biggest lottery going in um, of all the sides that we're going to name. I feel like this is absolutely the hardest one to name. Uh, Six and seven wasn't hard to name. Jack White and Jamal Fogarty. Um, no, nothing, it for yeah, nothing really yeah. to say there. Now, by the sounds of it, you've picked Tom Starling at nine. I have, but that's with an asterisk because obviously he's got his his legal problems. I just think with Hodgson leaving the club, it's time to bring Starling up, reverse the roles. You know, Hodgson plays in the fourteen, and Starling takes over the reins as the nine. Uh, decision pending, obviously, with what they're going to do because he's a bit of a nutcase and keeps getting in trouble with the law. Uh, if he's out, I'd have to do some research to think who would come into the side and play a utility-type role. Uh, but for now, I'll, I'll, I'll go with what I believe is the best, and that is Starling starting in the nine and Hodgson filling in from the bench. Now, as everyone knows, I am Harry Grant's number one fan. You can't talk me off him. But if you told me Tom Starling was playing 80 minutes... I'd be, I'd, I'd be running Starling Randall, and I'd forego Harry Grant. 
I just don't see that happening. I've got Josh Papali'i uh, and Joe Tarpany as the props with Josh Hodgson at nine. I'd, as, as much as I'd love to see Tom Stelling start, I think Ricky, after the season they had last year, he just, he's just going to go back to the to the reliable old heads and, and get them off to a good start. Then maybe make some change if it doesn't go well. But Papali, Hodgson and Tarpany are my middlemen. Uh, so I've got, uh, yeah, Papali'i speaks for himself. There is an argument that he could come off the bench as he as he did at times last season, but I think to start the season, you pick your best people. So I've actually got Papali'i in the eight, and I've got Ryan Sutton starting in the 10. Interesting, interesting. Uh, don't hate, yeah, don't I hate that. I told you mine would be different. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't hate that. Ryan Sutton offers a lot, and who knows what's going to happen with Joe Tarpany. We saw his missus come out and flame Ricky Stewart on Instagram last year, so there could be a little bit of tension there. Uh, don't really want to speculate too hard, but yeah, there could be a world where Ryan Sutton plays. I mean, they've got a couple of other guys that can fill in the front row as well. Um, my back row, mate, Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead. What about yourself? I've got, okay, so I've got Elliot Whitehead. He speaks for himself. He'll definitely be on one of the edges. I've still got Harawira Naira in the 12. I think he did enough when playing last season to have earned the role but he did end up getting hooked at the back end of last season. That's what and scares I think me. That's for defensive reasons. So again, it's another asterisk situation. Does Hudson Young get the edge? Does Corey Horsburgh come into it? So for now, I've gone with what I think is the best two. So I've gone Whitehead, Harawira and Ira as the edge back rowers. I think Corey Harawira and Ira is a better player than Hudson Young. I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of, of Ricky, as I was saying, and, him getting hooked at the back end of last year because of poor defense. I just worry that he gives it to Young to start the season and Corey just drops Price on the bench, which is great because if he ever picks up uh, another spot in the starting side, we saw how lethal he was for Supercoach last year. So I've got Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead. You've got Corey Harawira, Naira, Elliot Whitehead. And at 13, I am 99.9% sure we have the same person and that is Adam Elliot. Yeah, I, so I've got Elliot playing at lock and I've got him as their biggest asset this year. I think he'll he'll do wonderful things if he does get the starting lock position there. Uh, there is certainly other people that can play lock for the club. Tarpany being one of those people, I believe, could 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 play in the lock position, but I've got him on my bench. Outside of that, there's, there's rumours that Horsburgh could play lock. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, whether or not Elliot has to earn his place, start off the bench, and then maybe take it over during the season. It's a possibility. I just like what Elliot does in the middle, and I think he will be a good defensive asset. He runs fairly good lines. He's underrated from an attacking point of view. He's coming from a very poor Bulldog side who couldn't create very well. I think the Raiders will have much more of an attacking prowess, obviously, than the Dogs have in years past. So I've got Elliot uh, to start the season. I think they brought him to the club for a reason, and I think that is to give them a bit of stability in the lock position. Yes. Obviously, our bench is going to be a little bit different because we've had some different starters. Uh, my bench is Starling at 14, Horse, CHN, and Ryan Sutton on the bench. We've effectively got the same 17 players bar Savage. So I've got Hodgson, and you've got Starling, obviously. I've got Young, Horsburgh, Tarpany, and you have them in, I believe, other positions, yeah, starting. starting roles. So, yeah, so the 17s are the same. Um, I've got Peter Holler as the first man in. Uh, there is a world where I can see if Harawira Naira is not named to start on the edge that he doesn't make the 17 at all, and Holler plays off the bench instead. 
Yeah, I'm a huge Peter Holler fan. Um, I, I think he suits the modern 13 really well. I've said this since about 2019 when he was at the uh, Cowboys, I want to say. Um, yeah, really, really liked him. Just never got the opportunity with Lolo there. I don't think he's going to get the opportunity that I thought he may have presented a couple of years ago, but he's still a very safe hand. Uh, a man that we haven't mentioned either, Emre Gula. Uh, he's definitely in consideration to nab a bench spot as well. Just another big body that Ricky seems to like playing. He was starting at parts of last season and could fill that Ryan James role that, uh, yeah, has left the club. Um, really interesting, definitely. mate. Sorry, what was that? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I said definitely. Emre Gula, um, they've got a young fellow called Harry Rushton. They've got Trey Mooney. They've got quite a few people that are there or thereabouts. So there could be could be some potential over the course of the season that we do get um, some cheapies that come through this club, particularly if there's injury or if, you know, Ricky gets his knives out and starts rotating and dropping players left, right and centre. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what their their team is come round one. At time of recording, no Raiders player is owned by more than 2% of teams apart from Xavier Savage with 5%. So it shows you how little the public is on Raiders' assets when no one is higher than 2% apart from Savage, who is uh, yeah, less than 300k playing fullback. So it's, That's interesting. Yeah, it's very, very... It's funny how the public perceive the the teams. And when I was doing... How much is Elliot off the top of your head? Do you off know? the top of my head, I, I, can have, I think he averaged like 55 last year, so he'd be about 530. I'm curious as to how close he is. Because I feel like if, if he's named to, obviously, to start the season... I think his numbers could definitely boost up. There's a lot of blokes in in that kind of scoring range. We'll touch on uh, we'll touch on range. all the, the the studs, duds slash traps, X factors, and cheapies. It wasn't as easy as doing the Broncos. This was very tough. When it comes to studs, I've only got one in Jordan Rapiner at 554k, centre wing fullback. I think he led the league in tackle bus last year, and that's over a guy like Brian Toe when it comes to centre wing. So look, he. He just keeps scoring tries. He keeps racking up attacking stats. Doesn't matter who he's playing with. Rappiner is the shining light in this Raider side, and he always seems to get good scores. 554, he's more than Staggs. He's more than Aitken. He's less than Toto. He's in that sort of awkward price bracket. If you did start with Rappiner, I don't hate it. Uh, I just think the draw doesn't... Look, if they if the Raiders had the Warriors draw, I could definitely see a world where people start with Rappiner. But the fact that yeah, you and I are predicting him to go 2-3 and three at best... Uh, with the likelihood of them being one and four or even zero and five after the first five rounds, kind of puts me off any Raiders back. Yeah, I think his numbers are skewed somewhat from his time at fullback as well. So we all know what type of player he is, what he has been, what he can be. Um, he's still young enough to perform, but the price-wise, it just kind of rules him out of consideration for me. Yeah, the draw doesn't help that either. Um, apart from studs, mate, I don't have I don't have any other studs in this Raiders side, and that includes Josh Papali'i. Um, in the duds column or the trap column, I've literally just listed the words the entire Raiders forward pack because I cannot trust Ricky Stewart to save to save myself. Like he, he just he has such a quality. Like that forward pack that we listed before is quality, one of the best in the comp. I'd say on paper, 
but it just doesn't click. Ricky doesn't seem to get them working. And then two or three bad performances and they're dropped. And I can't play roulette when it comes to super coach trades and Ricky Stewart. There's a real inconsistency of, of the minutes as well. And, you know, the constant shuffling, like Papali's name to start and then suddenly he's coming off the bench and he's playing like an impact player. It's just, it's too much like it's Russian roulette basically with your super coach side. And that's not how I like to play the game. So for me, there's quite a few guys there. Like I know Harold Weronara, I've been a big fan of picking him in the past but there's too many question marks. His price isn't fantastic to start the season. Elliot, I quite like. I could see him coming into my side to start the season. He, he's 489. I had a look. That's a fair price point. Uh, someone like him or a Carrigan, if named Locke to start the season, if you do want a Cleary or, you know, even a Turbo, for example, you're going to need guys like that who can, you know, average, you know, say 60 to 65. They might not get your, your Madison. Crichton for feeder type scores, but they'll be a solid plug to allow you to have the captaincy option in one of the two people I just spoke about. So I feel like their numbers could rise in terms of the biggest trap. You said the forward pack. I literally listed starting nine. Whoever that is, is a trap for me. I just feel like the minutes probably won't be too consistent. There'll be games where Hodgson, you know, plays 30 or 35 off the bench and there'll be games where Starling plays 60 to 70 minutes starting. And I just don't know if I'll be able to rely on that. Um, the the old Ricky factor. So for me, whoever starts nine's a trap. Looking way too far in the future, Tom Starling has to be one of the most owned players at the start of next year, surely. If, he, if it's his role and we get more of a, I don't know, even a, like a rookie comes in and takes over the bench position, then yeah, absolutely. It's possible but I'm not looking forward that far at the moment. <laughs> Always looking forward. Um, so yeah, Duds, I've just listed the entire Raiders forward pack. I can't look at any of them. People have messaged me about Hudson Young, Joe Tarpany, uh, Ryan Sutton. I don't care if they're named to start. I just can't go near them. Uh, it's just way too... It'll be it'll be great. You'll buy someone like a Hudson Young. He'll get named to the back row. He'll get 65 for the first two weeks, and you're thinking, oh, how good is this? It's not like picking a Josh Jackson from last year. Like You know Josh Jackson's playing 65 minutes whether they lose 50 nil or they win 50 nil, Like, he's the staple head of that Bulldogs pack last year, whereas someone like a... That, so it, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. Someone like a Josh Papali'i, like a guy that we expect to be, like, the role model and, like, the big leader in this forward pack. Ricky's like, you know what? Might just drop you. Yeah, if you, you had a poor game, I'm going to send you to Reggie's and see if you want to come back or not. And that's the problem. And I just think it creates somewhat of a poor culture... Ricky's got a long history of clubs and he's been sacked or moved on from multiple clubs, including top end clubs like the Roosters and the Eels and whatnot. And I just think that there's a pattern there. He's very passionate about what he does. Arguably, maybe he's too passionate because it disrespects the players at times. And it's just a real worry for me. What you were saying about Jackson's kind of how I feel about Adam Elliott this year. I feel like he could be that consistency in the pack and I, I could take a, take a risk there. Sutton doesn't have enough upside for me. Whitehead is the same. Whitehead will have great games where he scores two or three tries on the edge and then he'll just have his other games where he just plods out of 50. Horsbrah is not for me. He's too much of a wildcat. Tarpany, uh, I've always called him Trapany for years now, years and years and years. And I still think that's the case. Because he'll go, he'll he go, on, a, he'll go on a month of like, he'll go on four scores of 85 
and yeah. then another month of like 27s. And then everyone will jump on him yeah. and then bam, he'll plot out a couple of 40s and 50s and next minute he's playing off the bench and it's just, it does my head in. So I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah. So basically any Raiders forward, Bruno are advising you to stay away from it. And I think that um, shows why no one is more than 2% owned. I think it just shows that people on the outside to click on. Um, like it, you, you even see like, Obviously, the public make a few weird choices, but it's funny that like when 150,000 people or whatever it is are also clicking onto the idea of maybe, you know, we don't go this Raiders pack because there's too many cooks in the kitchen and you've got a nutcase and a head coach who doesn't play someone consistently, which for the NRL could be cool. Um, you'll get continual rotation. Teams find it hard to line up against. Uh, you always get a response out of your players. But for Supercoach, I just want the boring same 13 week in, week out to make our lives all the more easier. Um, I've got three X factors here. One of them is Thomas Darling, just from the sheer fact that we're just hoping Josh Hodson decides to go, you know what, might just go somewhere else for 12 months. Don't think it's happening. I'm just really keen on Starling. If he plays 65 minutes, I don't think that, that happens though. Um, I've also included Nick Cottridge, 376k. I guess we're just hoping that he gets back to what he can. I mean, this Raider side doesn't really excite me. The mood on this podcast probably isn't as high as others, just because this po- this this section was hard to fill out. It was very much so. I actually quite like the Nick Kotrick call. I know the draws here or there, but the other thing is teams don't start the season they way they, the way that they finish the season. Sometimes teams come out of the blocks hot, and they beat top sides. We're like, where did this come from? So I don't hate that. You know, the Raiders certainly on paper are a team that could do that. They could come out flying and we could look like assholes. And we've said, you know, Norton five, one and four, you know, two and three, and they could come out and be four and one. We don't know. So I don't hate the call. Uh, he's fairly priced. He's a former origin player. He's a, I wouldn't say he's a former super coach gun, but he's always been there or thereabouts. He has the tackle busting ability, certainly break the line. I don't hate that call. Um, so there, there is an X factor about him and I wouldn't shoot down anyone that says, hey, I'm going to take a smoky and and take Kotrick. Put- I saw a side this morning with Moses Suli in it. I'd much prefer to take Kotrick over Moses Suli. That was another example. point I was going to make. I was on uh, Adrianosaurus podcast last night. We were doing the Tigers preview and it just brought it in my mind, would we rather, would we rather, if I can speak, would we rather take a punt on Kotrick at 376 or take a punt on Noffa at 440? Noffer, I'd take Noffer. Yeah. Only because I know the Tigers' draw is not too bad. Um, All season long, basically. He's, he's going to very much need to prove himself to hold his position this year. All right, so 5-8 the podcast. Let's cast our mind back, what was it, two weeks ago? We mentioned Dylan Brown, and he seems to be picking up a bit of traction. I also mentioned Jack White. His traction has not changed. It has not picked up. <laughs> I'm going to bring him up again. 412k... With a, I, I was going to say a good half inside of him. He also had George Williams. He didn't really do a whole lot with George Williams. Can Jack White get back to a 60 average with Jamal Fogarty, a controlling half next to him? No. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, yeah, it's a firm no for me. Like, Toby Sexton's, you know, a couple of bucks more. I take Sexton. I'm not, let, I'm not letting this Jack White uh, agenda go down, by the way. I'm going to keep forcing That's it until, right. until, someone, until someone takes him. Braden Trindle, if named to start in the seven, obviously we don't know if he's going to start. We don't know if it's going to be Moylan and Hines or we don't know if it's going to be Trindle and Hines. So if Trindle is the man and he gets that starting spot, I guarantee he will average more than Jack White over the first 
six weeks. No doubting that whatsoever. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to increase. I'm, I'm trying to increase this two percent ownership on the Raiders side because that's really depressing to look at. You might need to get a new new um a new, <laughs> new co-host. Uh, but yeah, Jack White an episode because I'll do nothing but bash him. I don't think he's that talented. I think he's overrated. I think he's been found out a little bit last year when it was his job to step up and take control of that team. He folded like a house of cards. I just don't think he's the guy, to be honest hey, with you. Clive Churchill medalist in the losing side, apparently, somehow. Listen, don't get me started on that, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, we're uh, going to have to put some um, explicit language warnings on this podcast. <laughs> trying to tr- trying to trigger the Roosters fan. Um, mate, is there any other X factors that you're looking at in this Raider side? Because for me, yeah, so I'm not. 100%. Xavier Savage. I've got him as a cheapie. I was going to touch on him next, but if you want to put him here now, go for it. He's phenomenal. He is. I, I thought he would have um, played a lot more football for the club last year. It seems like he's, for me, it sounds like he's in that side. If they're talking about this guy taking the fullback slot off Nick off Klockstad, who's been a very fine addition to that club, he's done nothing wrong whatsoever besides getting injured, then they must have an eye on this kid as being a big future of the club. So for me, with the hype that big and the fact that he hasn't just come out of the blue as, as a bloke that could start on the wing, he's come out of the blue as a bloke that could start fullback and ironically was only given the fullback option on Supercoach. Now, I know that they talk to the clubs and they say, look, what about this guy? What about this guy? And try and get a gauge. For me, the club has said this guy's a fullback. And that, to me, suggests that I will not be surprised whatsoever if round one comes along and Savage is their number one. No, that's and my, they just roll with this. That's my point. We fast forward to, what is it, the 7th of March, which is Seamless Tuesday, I'm pretty sure, 6th of March, whatever. Xavier Savage is named at fullback. Can we viably pick him? Because he is only fullback, which is awful. If he was fullback center wing, line up. But is it worth a 286k fullback to go Cleary, Haas, Grant, for feeder. You could chuck Munster in there and I still say no. The reason I say no is Savage debuting at fullback, 100%, he's going to make some money. But he's not going to he's not going to score 120 or 150 off the bat. Highly, highly unlikely. He'd have to be an absolute superstar of Trebojevic to Desco nature. And that's not going to happen. Do you want to know so what the me, ideal plan is? The ideal supercoach plan is the Raiders name Charms at fullback for the first five weeks. They name Savage on the wing. Come round six, supercoach do their first position changes. Oh, someone messaged me before wanting us to talk about the, the, the rule changes, but I feel like every podcast has spoken about the rule changes, so there's no real need for us to delve into it too deep. Um, that might be a podcast in itself yeah. where we talk about some tactics with the five-round boosts. Basi- basically, so, basically in... Today. In, in the shorter things, players can now have their positions upgraded throughout the year. So in a perfect world, Xavier Savage starts on the wing, plays there for five weeks, gets his um, center wing status, so he goes fullback center wing. Uh, the Raiders go 0-5, like Brewers predicted, and Ricky Stewart tears the book up. They put Xavier Savage at fullback. We get him at center wing. Um, he wouldn't have made a whole lot of money if they're going 0-5. We maybe buy him for 300K. Then we go 300K fullback playing for the Raiders. That'd be the perfect scenario but I agree with you, mate. I just do not see a world where we can pick him at fullback. Um, yeah, because you and I are both very set on the two guns. The only avenue we would we would deviate from that is Jaden Campbell or Reese Walsh, um, but that's the lowest I'd go, and I wouldn't go any lower than that, and I especially wouldn't go as low as Xavier Savage. 
It's a bridge too far if you think about it. If you're starting Savage and you're putting Turbo beside him, maybe because at least you've got the the high, you know, price guide. But for example, if you went Teddy or Paps beside Savage, you're then looking at a million dollar gap between getting, you know, he's not going to make a million dollars. Like best case scenario with a guy like Savage is he probably jumps up to 500K and then you're probably still only halfway to turbo if if he does start poorly in inverted commas because you know him dropping to a million bucks he's still going to be averaging probably 95 to 100 so you've lost the points you've lost the captain points sure you've made money but to what a go what's your rank without that guy and that's what for me it comes down to unless he gets the center upgrade before teamless tuesday he's not an option yeah, and I don't think he will. Even if he does what you said, and and starts fullback, and then gets the eligibility, by then I I almost think it's going to be a bridge too far. Like fullback's one thing, but if if he's only making say a hundred k, knocking up to say a four hundred k or a four fifty k player, oh, I don't know if it's something I'd still do. I'd probably look elsewhere. Yeah, the only way that I pick Savage in my side is if he starts on the wing for the first month and a bit, and then gets upgraded. Uh, any other X factors we want to talk about? Uh, no, not particularly. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I like Matt Tomiko. I owned him for a bit last year. I think he's a solid player, but as a super coach option, I don't think you're really going to be making a lot of money. I don't think he's going to be scoring in the same areas as as the elite guys. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if if a a young or even a Harrowir and Ira, if they started, went on a tear to start the season on the edge you know, come out of the blocks and get a couple of 80s and 90s and then become the buzz before round three. But to be honest with you, I'm not really expecting that at all. Uh, Savage is the guy I've mostly got my eye on, but I, I need that dual eligibility. I think that's going to that's gonna wrap it up for the Raiders. I'm not going to ramble on stuff. There's no point in us talking about players that, that are not in consideration, guys like Jared Croker as well. Like, he's at a good price. He was at a good price. Yeah. He was a good price seven years ago, but... Now I'm just not going near him when I think his time is coming to a close. Just to round things out, Brew has the Raiders in 11th. I have them in 10th. Uh, we're both pretty keen on Nick Cottridge. We are both pretty keen on no one else. Apart from the forwards, stay away from the forwards at all costs, in my opinion. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, do a bit of housekeeping. Like, subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment. Um, Brew and I are generally in the comments for the YouTube videos quite often, and I read every review that comes through, good or bad. So uh, really appreciate the support. Hopefully you've enjoyed the Raiders podcast. We'll be back on Friday with the Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I feel like the I, dogs, and I'm looking forward to I that feel like, one, yeah, the, the, I think it's going to be mood, a good chat. The mood for the Bulldogs chat is going to be a lot higher than what it has been today. Uh, aside on the up, similar to the Broncos, aside with a lot of assets to talk about, uh, aside with a lot of ins and a lot of outs that we can discuss as well. So really excited for that one. Um, yeah, join us six o'clock on Friday. As always, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Hooroo, guys. Hooroo. Hooroo. Bye.